0: Mind Body Connection Podcast. The Body and the Mind with your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Mind Body Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Parker. And I thought today I'd look at something that's at the background of a lot of the studies that people have been talking about and the ideas that people have about how the mind body connection works and how particularly placebos work. And that's response expectancy. So if you look at episode two, Irving Kirsch talks about this theory that he came up with in the 70s. Uh, And uh, response expectancy is this sense that uh, what you anticipate to happen has an effect on your body. So if you think the pill you're going to take is going to make you better, has a strong chance of that happening. If you think it's going to make you worse, that has a strong uh, chance of happening. And another way of thinking about response expectancy that's more familiar is our beliefs, our kind of anticipations and beliefs. So I thought today I'd talk about some work um, by a colleague of mine called uh, Robert Diltz, uh, that's D-I-L-T-S, who's done a lot of work on beliefs. And part of his journey about looking at beliefs and how they operate and how we can change them started when he was a young researcher. And uh, he was working for these guys who were interested in uh, seeing if you could develop a pill and call it placebo. Uh, And what would happen, you get the pill and with the pill comes a little book. And this was Robert's job was to have a look at all the research so you could look up what I've got. Heart disease. What does this say? It says, according to these studies, this placebo pill will work in 40 percent of cases. And then their cunning idea was later on, they would release a second product called Extra Strength Placebo, which would, of course, be slightly better and slightly stronger than your traditional placebo. In the end, it never happened. The FDA got in the way of them uh, producing it, unsurprisingly. But his interest in research into placebos started there. One of the things that Robert says is we need to look at beliefs. And and there's a big problem with beliefs, which is we don't recognize them as beliefs. We think them to be true. Uh, Beliefs has this kind of um, way of working where we we, most of the time don't even realize that they're there because they kind of represent our experience of what we do actually think is going to happen based on reality rather than based on our conjecture, our imagination. So spotting beliefs is quite tricky, and that will uh, be the subject of another uh, another episode, How to Spot Beliefs. But if you are uh, taking some treatment, surgery, medicine, it's clear from all the research that having our beliefs supporting that is much, much more useful than having beliefs that kind of doubt or undermine effectiveness of any treatment so what can we do about beliefs how can we change them so one of the things that uh, Robert suggests and I've added a few things to this over the years but still his core idea which is an excellent way of looking at it is that we need to look at beliefs on a number of different levels there's some questions we need to ask ourselves about you know let's say we've got a forthcoming uh, operation or we're going to have some treatment or some pills We need to ask ourselves, what is our current belief or expectation about this? And we also want to ask ourselves, what would we like our expectation to be? Because the the science says our expectations have an effect. So we need to identify what our current one is and what our new one, what the one we'd love to have would be. And then we measure this new one. And what we'll see is how much we believe it compared to our old, maybe doubting belief. And this is called a congruence of beliefs. How congruent, how much you completely buy into this new belief, like this treatment is going to work for me, which again, the evidence suggests that's a really important thing for us to buy into. So the first question he asks is, consider the statement, I really want to, so let's say, respond to this drug. I really want to respond to this drug positively. Now, you'd assume that everybody would go, yeah, but sometimes you find your answer is not 100% yes. And he, he suggests you score this on a scale of, say, uh, 0 to 6, where 6 is, yes, I completely believe in this, I completely subscribe uh, to this belief, and 0 as I don't. So I really want to respond positively to this, this pill or this drug. Just notice what the score is. If it's not 6, it's fine, but just notice it, because obviously we want to have it as close to 6 as we possibly can. So the first question is about want. The second question is about possibility. It is possible, or I can, respond positively to this drug. So the first is I want, the second is I can, or it's possible. And just again, check in with yourself. Now you'd assume, of course it's going to be six, but you may find, because of the way the beliefs work, that beliefs are often unconscious, and we don't see them or experience them until we question them. That you may find there's a little bit of hesitancy about being able to say six. Just note it down. Next question is slightly similar. It's saying, I am capable. How much do you agree with the statement? I am capable of responding positively to this drug. And what this shows up is our beliefs about Our inherent ability to respond. Again, just notice. uh, The analogy is it's a bit like if you buy a jigsaw puzzle from a secondhand shop. If all the pieces are in the box, then you have the capability to make that jigsaw puzzle. If there's a couple of pieces missing, you'll never be able to finish it. And this is what capability asks. Do I have all the necessary resources within me? Do I believe that I do to respond positively to this truck? Now, the next question is is an interesting one. It's called the ecology question. And what it's asking is, are there any consequences from changing this belief? So believing, that yeah, I really can get value from this treatment that in any way contradicts any other beliefs you have. And this sounds like a strange question because most people go, well, of course, I'm, you know, I'd love to be well. There's nothing that would get in the way. But often these things can work on an unconscious level, particularly around health. So an example I had years ago is I saw a woman and she really, really wanted to stop smoking. But every time she tried to stop smoking, she got seriously ill. And the only thing that seemed to make her get well again was starting smoking. As we unpacked this, we found that when she was a kid, she was very unhappy at school and was always ill. And the iller she was, the less time she'd spend in school. So that worked very kind of well for her at that age. It meant that she didn't get bullied. She didn't feel lonely at school because she was at home. And so she developed this kind of ability to be ill and avoid school. And then one day when she was at school, she got caught smoking uh, with all the bad kids. And next day, she was pulled up in front of the whole of the school assembly and the head teacher pointed at her and said, she's a bad child. And from that day on, she had more friends than she could ever wish for because everybody thought she was a cool kid and that she hung out with, uh, with all the exciting people at school. And the more she smoked, the more friends she had and the less she needed to be ill. So at some level, her brain understood at that young age that smoking actually kept her well. So then later on in life, when she tries to stop smoking, that old behaviour pattern, that old belief, smoking keeps me well, showed up and got in the way now we know logically of course smoking does not make you well it's not good for you but we can also see how that could be constructed at a much earlier age so quite often these are old behaviors that just show up and get in the way so for instance you may find people who go oh yeah i'm I'm always prone to sore throats I've had them since I was a child well isn't that interesting that that has stuck where few other things that you did as a kid are still active and that can be that somebody's told you oh you'll always have problems like this you know once you've had this many sore throats you'll just always be susceptible to them so we may have beliefs about that you can also have things uh, and certainly Robert talks about a case um, where everybody in the family had a particular illness And one person when they got this illness, they didn't feel they could get rid of it because in some way that would be being disloyal to their family members. So these things can work on very interesting, strange, curious, but on some level, a kind of logical level, but only a logic based on a very specific set of circumstances. So check in with yourself and ask yourself, would it be okay? If I did respond positively to this, if I did get rid of this illness, would that be alright? Again, you'd expect the answer to be, yeah, of course it would, six out of six. But many people are quite surprised when you just take a few moments to think about this because mostly remember, beliefs happen at an unconscious level. We're not aware of what's going on. And it's not about judging ourselves for having that belief or going, well, oh, what's the matter with me that I've got this belief? It's just recognising, well, these are interesting and important factors. It's what the research says, that our beliefs, our expectations, our anticipations have an effect. So the more we can change them, the better. The next question is interesting. It's asking yourself, do I deserve to be well? Now, again, you'd assume, of course I deserve to be well. But sometimes you'll find that people... Notice unconscious beliefs about deserving to be well that can come from their childhood, nothing to do with any kind of logical understanding of what they think about health. And similarly, this is a question about responsibility. How much do you agree with the statement, I am responsible for helping myself to get well, that I have a role to play? Now, again, traditionally, we've thought of ourselves as just being passive participants of any treatment, surgery, drug, therapy. How much do we take on the role of, it's not all my responsibility, of course it isn't, but how how much is my responsibility? What can I do to encourage this healing process? And the final question, which is one that I have added, is how much do I agree that I am similar to other people who have responded positively? So if you separate yourself and go, well, I'm probably not one of those people who responds well to this because I'm slightly different from the people who have a history of responding well, then that will very naturally exclude you from believing that you can respond. If you think, oh, well, only people with this type of quality of illness or this kind of genetic heritage respond to this treatment, I don't think I'm the same, then we can see from response expectancy that will get in the way of how you respond. Now, these are quite challenging questions because they really highlight that what we think does have an impact on how we respond to treatment. But the focus of it is really, that's well-established now. The question is, what can we do to either get out of the way of unconscious beliefs or behaviors that we have, or to encourage as much as we can positive responses by doing absolutely everything we can not just choosing the right doctor doing the right exercise and following the regime and eating well but also what can we do with the rest of our body the way our mind affects our body so if you look at these questions you may be surprised to find one or two areas that aren't quite six out of six and that's absolutely fine with with looking at beliefs we're not in any way looking at Or judging ourselves for being wrong or right. It's just noticing these are the beliefs we happen to have. They're unconscious ways of thinking. But once we've identified them, then we have a chance to address them. And there's lots and lots of ways to address them. Just being aware of them could be a starting point. Um, There's plenty of uh, approaches and techniques, uh, which we might go into later on another episode. But for the moment, I'd just like you to recognize, we know, number one, that our beliefs, our expectancies, our anticipations have an effect on how any treatment, whether it's surgery, drugs, therapy, osteopathy, anything, exercise affects us. If our beliefs are working against that, so we think this won't work for me, that will have an impact on how well or poorly it works for you. So anything you can do to increase your chances of getting success from whatever treatment you choose to to have would be a real benefit. Again, the key thing with this is it's not about um, apportioning blame or fault. It's just saying, these are the beliefs we have. You know, we all operate in interesting, fascinating ways, often because of our life experience and particularly because of our childhood experience. We're often trying to run our adult world with learnings that we understood when we were much, much younger, maybe when we were tiny, three, four, five, or maybe we were a teenager. And of course, when we we're a teenager, you know, we think we know quite a lot about the world, but it turns out that some of those uh, versions of how reality are is, is, may not be quite as appropriate later on in life as they are when we we're teenagers. So be kind to yourself in this process of inquiry. And take it from the position of i'm just interested to know is there anything i am doing engaging with on an unconscious level that may in any way affect the outcome of this intervention because i would love to be part of this intervention and help it move forwards in a positive direction so if you listen to the rest of the podcast you'll hear this theme coming up lots and lots of times they talk about placebo studies That uh, when you do a placebo study and you deceive someone, so you give it without them knowing, it will often have a strong effect. If they know about it, but they know why placebos can work, they have a rationale for it, this will have an effect, a positive effect. That we know placebos can cause negative effects. So people can get side effects from drugs that have no treatment. These are real physiological changes, but being caused by our unconscious and often unaware beliefs. So unpacking that may be challenging to some extent, but it could be a really, really important part of you getting the absolute best from whatever treatment, whatever avenue you're approaching to change your health. I hope you found that useful. If you want to learn more, come and find us at philparker.org forward slash yes, and you'll be able to get hold of the uh, show notes which will have a list of these questions to help you if you want to look at that uh, take care of yourselves See you soon. the mind body connection podcast the body the i hope you enjoyed this episode please do subscribe to us on itunes like it review it and share it the more people know about this the better And don't forget to join our podcast mailing list by going to philparker.org forward slash yes, and you'll get extra stuff, bonus material, and program notes. See you there.